what up what up folks what's going on welcome to episode 130 of the spun today podcast i'm your host tony ortiz thank you very much for listening in this episode i speak about my son's first birthday i speak about ufc 239 which was jones versus santos the headliner and my take on the first round of the democratic presidential debates 2019 well, the election's 2020, but the debates took place in 2019. You know what I mean, right? But first, folks, if you want to know how you can help support the podcast, you can stick around to the very end of the episode after the music to learn all the ways you can help support and all of what I have going on for my books for sale, t-shirts, coffee mugs, Patreon page, Kofi page, newly added, and the whole nine. And uh, I'll give you uh, details of all that stuff. But if you can't wait till the very, very end, here's just one quick way that you can help support. For those of you that are new to the podcast, there's a couple ways you can help support. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting platform. Another way you can help support the podcast is by shopping on Amazon. But instead of going to Amazon.com, go to SpunToday.com and click on the Affiliate Links tab on my website. There you'll see an Amazon banner. Click that and it'll take you to Amazon.com. There you'll do your shopping like you normally do and it will not cost you anything extra. But it will help support the podcast just for driving traffic to their website. Alrighty, so my son Aiden is officially one years old. One year and three days, to be exact. It's wild. It's uh, it's true what they say, you know, that time flies. And, you know, when I'm with him, like, I'm truly with him. You know what I mean? Like, I really, really try to be cognizant of being present when I'm with him. And I feel that that helps, like, at least in hindsight, like, maximize the... Or rather, uh, balance out the whole time flies effect. You know what I mean? Because you have, like, more of those present moments that you can uh, reflect on. But still, even even still, he's already one, man. <laughs> and I still, I, I, like, just got over the fact that I have a kid. You know what I mean? And it's been awesome. He's been great. His his party was a success. Um, I remember when we had his baby shower. It was, like, really stressful and just like organizing and planning everything and i like organizing and planning shit i want to say i'm good at it but we definitely like for his baby shower like took on too much like we ordered food from different places and different people uh were responsible for like cooking uh different dishes and it wound up being a beautiful baby shower don't get me wrong but like i was on edge the whole time i didn't i know i didn't get to enjoy it as much as um i would have wanted to and that probably made other people not enjoy it as much which is not cool um but i feel like we learned from that first experience as you should and this one his party um was just went so much smoother we ordered all the food from one place nobody did any cook well one of my wife's cousins uh uh cook some moro because we we ordered uh 
like the food we ordered was from an Italian spot in in Queens. Shout out to Pizza Classica. Which, by the way, it's like an Italian restaurant and, and pizzeria. And the restaurant side is super dope. Uh, really great food. And I want, if anybody can take like a snippet of this and send it out to to the uh, bar barstool guys that do the pizza rating challenge or whatever. The grandma slice at Pizza Classica in, I believe it's Regal Park, Queens. Or is it Glendale? Regal Park, Queens is the single best slice of pizza I've ever had, ever, in my life. The grandma slice from Pizza Classica. But anyway, um, so yeah, we ordered from from there, and my wife's cousin made some moro. You know, we had to mix in some Dominican flavor into it. I got some patelitos from, from a Dominican restaurant like as a, like appetizers and shit dominican cake of course and but everything was more like centralized like before the like in baby shower like i said we i think it was like three or four different places i ordered food from and then like f- four different people cooking dishes like my brother my mother uh my in-laws me and it was just too much shit going on <clears throat> and I didn't like properly account for the time it would take to pick everything up and the fact that I would have to do all the picking up of, of most of this shit. Again, this one just went smoothly. The food was delivered. Um, we had the uh, entertainment for the kids. We wound up getting a face paint and uh, balloon animals for a couple of hours, which the kids loved and they were like running around and playing and one which was like definitely like at the top of my list of what i wanted you know it's my son's first birthday party i want like all the kids invited to have like a blast including him obviously but he's you know just one so doesn't you know fully uh, understand and take everything in but even he had fun like you could tell he had fun like he was enjoying himself which i was surprised with because normally like with a lot of people or with strangers mainly or just people that he doesn't see often which are probably from his vantage point strangers like when he does see them you know if he doesn't see somebody for for a few weeks or a couple months and uh yeah he like cries and shit but he didn't cry at all he enjoyed his party all the little kids did also i had mostly every single person that i wanted to be there was there uh with the exception of i would say like three people two to three people that I wanted to be there but couldn't uh couldn't be for understandable reasons but besides that on that front it was it was great and my parents me and my dad who was, was getting up there in age and my brother and his family with my nieces and my father-in-law flew in from DR my in-laws which did a phenomenal phenomenal job of decorating as always shout out to events by rosa we wound up going with a time flies theme which i was kind of iffy on but i i you know in discussing with my wife like the themes that that we liked like we didn't my son's not specifically into you know like mickey mouse or or paw patrol or like anything specific like that that he's like gravitated towards yet 
so we wanted to do something you know we didn't just want to pick like a random disney theme or like whatever you know like there's no movies or anything that he's like really into so we one thing that i wanted to do that was actually my wife's idea but then we were like how the hell are we gonna like pull that off is was a friends theme like the the sitcom friends because my son is whenever that since he was little since he was like a month uh two three months old whenever he would hear the friends theme song now he's like that for like anything he hears any like type of music he's gonna like be into music and shit he or seems that, that way he starts dancing so he'll like stop what he's doing face the tv and start like moving <laughs> like moving his body and like dancing and so we were thinking of doing like a friend's theme but it was like when we were like speaking of like the logistics of it, it was like what do we do you know like put like the friend's logo on the wall and then what you know what i mean or like sayings from the show and i don't know it wound up not panning out as an idea so then we came across the time flies theme and i was on the fence about it my wife liked it and i was like you know what let's go with it fuck it and in retrospect it was an awesome idea and events by rosa follow them on instagram at events by rosa knocked it out of the park as always the decorations were phenomenal every little detail from chair covers and sashes to the backdrop to centerpieces on the tables to like the coolest little like pilot helmets and the little gift boxes for kids uh party favor boxes like filled with candy had like a globe on it and and a little plane and just like everything was on theme everything was on point and it was an awesome experience that i know Aiden, when he gets older and looks back on and sees all the pictures and videos and stuff, he's he's really going to appreciate. But yeah, man, it's just uh, nutty to think that he's already won. And he's crawling now correctly because before he would like try to crawl and just want to like going backwards. <laughs> and but now he's like crawling, which is a little scary because he's like going everywhere now or like wants to go everywhere. And he's like reaching for like the outlets and like shit like that. So I got to like childproof stuff. Uh, he stands up on his own, like in his crib or like on the on the couch, and he walks as long as he's holding on to something. But he hasn't uh, started like completely walking on his own yet. Yeah, man, it's been wild. It's been a an experience that I'm honored to have. And when we uh, sang him happy birthday, like me and my wife were up there holding him, and everybody was gathered around, singing him happy birthday, and I like midway through started like choking up. And I had to, like, stop singing, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Then I look over to my wife, and she's, like, crying already. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's great. Like I said, I'm honored to have this experience. And I just hope that I can, you know, be a good father to him and set a good example for him as he continues to grow. All righty. Up next is UFC 239 which was a sick card. You know, when the UFC is the, like the number one game in town because when you think, you know, there's no like big names left and there's no more like Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor doesn't fight, you know, the legends like Silva and Chuck Liddell and 
they they're not you know, fighting like as regularly, and they're definitely past their prime. You know, Liddell shouldn't have fought that last fight against Tito, but he did. Wherever it was that they sanctioned it, just like stuff like that, it's like you think it's like gonna go down or something. Like it's it's past its peak, like as a sport. But then a, a card like UFC two thirty nine comes along, and you're like, oh no, this is just like gonna be a never ending cycle of like greats that come up and go down come up and go down and you know the next generation of of fighters you know fill in the shoes very well i think the the first fight on the main card was like a microcosm of that because it was chiesa who was the ultimate fighter winner in season 14 or 15 if i'm not mistaken and versus diego sanchez which was the ultimate fighter winner of season one of the ultimate fighter and you just see kind of like a, a passing of the guard of sorts in that like Chiesa just completely outclassed him. Like no knock on, on Diego. He like had a, a great showing versus Mickey Gall when he last fought him. Uh, surprising upset victory for him. Chiesa just like completely outclassed him. I think Rogan said it best during the commentary. He was like, it's kind of like, uh, like when, especially when they were on the ground and Chiesa was like transitioning like a ninja. He was like flipping over his back and just like doing every single thing he wanted and getting his way each time. Uh, Rogan said that it's like a black belt rolling with a blue belt. It was like he was just like playing with him. And Chiesa looked great, man. And I think this is his second fight, maybe third in in that weight class. He definitely belongs there. You know, he doesn't have to, like, cut weight as much. I think he was fighting at 155 before, and this one was at 170. Uh, he looked he looked fucking phenomenal. He was really impressive. I was probably, like, one of the fighters on the entire card that I was, like, most impressed with because I wasn't expecting that much of of a dominant performance from him. So that was definitely a dope fight. Then uh, Luke Rockhold looked great in his fight, and... I don't even know the gentleman's name. Never seen him fight before. That that uh, Rockhold fought. But I should definitely look that up. Let's see. Let's see what his name is. UFC 239 card. The guy that Luke Rockhold was fighting was Jan Blackowitz. 24 wins, 8 losses. He was fighting uh, Luke Rockhold, which looked great. Like, he looked, to me really good like during the first round he looked sharp at the end of the first round the one getting uh, uh clipped and it was like oh shit um then winds up uh getting knocked out in the second round it was it was a like a precise ass like uppercut it didn't it didn't look so heavy and hard as opposed to how like precise it looked it was just like right on the button on his chin and knocked him out cold and Dana White actually wound up saying in the post-fight press conference that he broke his jaw, which was the, the second time that Luke Rockhold has a broken jaw, and said that Rockhold should retire, that he should consider retirement, and it's not like he has other, doesn't have other options. Um, this is the second time he breaks his jaw, and he's also had like other injury issues and surgeries and shit. And he's a literally a, a model, a legit model for Ralph Lauren. So it's like, why continue doing this? But we'll see. You know, with fighters, it's like, that's what fighters do. If it was definitely a, a money thing, they probably wouldn't have been doing that MMA. 
at all. It would have been like trying boxing or something like that. But that shows that this is a passion, especially when you have that Ralph Lauren modeling money coming in and you're still fighting. That's like Connor taking a fight against Khabib after a $100 million payday from fighting Mayweather. You know, there's other motivations there. Next up is Masvidal versus Ben Askren. This was the fight that I was looking forward to the most. And I'll tell you why. I wanted to see what Ben Askren has. We didn't really get to see much against Robbie Lawler. He is spoken of as a like a mythical creature almost, Ben Askren is, and his like wrestling ability. And we got to see a little bit of that showcased against Robbie Lawler, but not much. Because uh, Robbie was like fucking him up. And then Ben wound up recovering from that enough to catch Robbie in what seemed like a neck crank type choke. Or not choke, but like a neck crank hold. And there was a controversial stoppage where some people said Robbie Lawler was not out. Herb Dean, which was the ref, even said on uh, Rogan's podcast that he definitely thinks he he was out momentarily, but then came to. And it was like uh, one of those, they shouldn't have stopped it. And some people say they should have stopped it. And he was out versus he wasn't out. They should run the fight back, etc. blah, blah, blah. So it was like a controversial finish. And the fight didn't last that long. I think that was in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Early in the first round. And so I was looking forward to seeing what Ashwin has, like in a longer fight. Then Masvidal comes out with a flying knee to Ashwin's head and knocked him out in the fastest knockout of UFC history. Five seconds is what they recorded it at, even though he was knocked out at three seconds. And you could even argue for two seconds. But it just took the referee that long to run from the other side of the octagon to where Askin was, was to officially stop the fight at five seconds. And it was still the fastest knockout in history. Masvidal then puts out a training video that he had of him practicing that exact same move because they saw tendencies of... Ashgren like shooting for a double leg in the beginning like you know going down to like grab the person's legs to like it's a like a common wrestling move to like take him down and he wanted to counter that with a flying knee and lo and behold did it landed it knocked him out cold and wound up landing two punches to the jaw right after even though he was like stiff cold like knocked out it was an impressive victory from Osvaldo would be interesting to see him in a title match. That's a ruthless motherfucker right there. And also someone that I felt was going to wind up being like more of a journeyman in the UFC. Like he, I felt like he had a little spike during his career and then went back down. And then now is having like this reemergence after like knocking out Till and then Askren. And now is probably like in talks for title contention. And he was, he was back in the day and those uh you remember you guys remember the, those uh kimbo slice rest in peace um you remember those kimbo slice backyard like fighting in, in florida and shit masvidal used to do that shit he used to like be in those videos also like in the undercard of the kimbo fights type shit <laughs> and he's gone from that to to ufc gold contention to pretty pretty dope uh story arc right there 
Then you have Amanda Nunes, which I thought, I actually thought that Holly Holm could pull off another upset. Holly Holm is like the dark horse that comes in and winds up beating people you don't think she could beat. I thought that she was going to be able to do that against Amanda Nunes, but Amanda Nunes in solidifying her spot as the GOAT of any female division wound up knocking out Holly Holm in Holly Holm-style fashion, which she later said that she wanted to beat her at her own game, and she did, with a right head kick that knocked Holly on her ass, and then she came and with a barrage of punches and got a TKO victory in the first round. That was an impressive fight as well. The champ champ, Amanda Nunes. Now, I think she said she wants to go down and defend the other belt and then come back. And it's, it's, she can do whatever the hell she wants. She is literally the GOAT of the female divisions. Shevchenko is the only one that I think might give her comp. She went five rounds with her once in the past. And that would be a sick fight to see in the women's division if they can make that happen. And Shevchenko's a, a champ now. So Nunez will have the opportunity to be like triple champ, the first triple champ in history. And last but not least, John Bones Jones versus Tiago Santos was a really good fight. Some people were saying afterwards, I, I didn't uh, see the fight live um, as it was going on. I wanted to watching it the next day. Or sorry, two days later. And like the sentiment behind it was that it was like such a close fight. Santos almost beat Jones. The you know it went five rounds uh, to a five round decision. If the decision went to Santos, uh, folks were saying that they wouldn't have been surprised. I didn't see that at all. I saw that Santos did a great job. He scored a lot. He, he hit Jones impressively several times. Like called him in like barrages and. And like pushed him back and and caught him with combinations and he did great in that sense. But to Jones's credit, it seemed like none of them hurt him. Even though Santos was like throwing bombs. Like Jones has a granite fucking chin apparently. Like walked right through everything. Like he didn't look wobbled or like badly hurt or anything like that throughout the entire fight. And Jones, you know, in true Jones fashion, you know, was dominating in terms of like the leg kicks and significant leg kicks. When they showed the numbers after, he was ahead on, on everything. He just he landed more, but they seemed to be like less effective strikes because Tiago Santos was throwing bombs and wasn't also wasn't like, too badly hurt. There was a, a couple times where it, it seemed like Jones was about to, like, turn it up and and step on the gas, but then he, like, let off for whatever reason, and probably because he saw that Santos wasn't as dazed as maybe he thought he was. But it, well, I'll tell you what was the most impressive was the fact that after the fight, it came out that Santos fought with an ACL tear, a meniscus tear, and a tibia fracture. So this guy's leg was like hanging on by like for dear life type shit. 
and he was still like you you could see it in the fight like even uh like rogan and the commentators were like anik and uh so the guy i forget his name he was a fighter that was commentating for the first time that i've seen they were saying that there's something seems to be wrong with his leg it looks you know he he was definitely like limping on it you could tell sometimes when he landed on it after throwing it like he almost fell and he did fall i think a couple times and his leg was n- like noticeably fucked up but we just didn't know like what exactly right until it came out after the fight which which uh made me like that much more impressed with santos because he stuck it out that's my son's like toy iphone in the background that for some reason goes off and talks by itself sometimes <laughs> um so yeah, it was like more impressive they stuck it out with with john jones and and you know gave him a really good fight to the point that some people even thought that he won but yeah man ufc 239 was a very dope card if you haven't seen it i suggest you check it out it was so good that i had I, I looked up like the night of like the outcomes like i saw on twitter like as they were happening and people like posting clips and i still wanted to see the full card and i wound up watching it and was not disappointed and even though i knew like the outcomes for like the top three fights check it out that's ufc 239 that's all i got now the circus that is the presidential elections here in the united states that spans for at least two years you know it's filled with debates and campaigning from all the candidates and stuff like that has officially begun in the first round of presidential debates democratic presidential debates were had a couple of weeks ago and i saw you know there's 20 officially 22 democrats running for president and yes 22 and they let the top 20 into the actual debates and to qualify for the debates folks had to show that they had a certain amount of support and they did so by the number of donations that they received that had to exceed 65,000 people if i'm not mistaken or was it a thousand people and 65,000 dollars something like that for some reason the number 65 stands out to me and what was the other prerequisite there was something else, but that was like the hardest part, like the donation thing. And all these 20 made it. And the way that they are hosting the debates, or at least this first round, was 10 folks on one night, 10 folks on the next night. And they were all randomly selected by the DNC, Democratic National Committee, which is like newly, the newly appointed. I don't think he's elected. Maybe he is elected. Tom something. But I think he was appointed. Uh, The newly appointed or elected official of the DNC, which I forget his name, but it's something Tom or Tom something, Spanish guy, that, you know, has the, like, main mandate, as he was explaining on The Breakfast Club when he was on it, to, like, take the stench off of the DNC and, like, the corruption that went on with them putting their fingers on the scales in favor of Hillary versus Bernie when Bernie had uh, more support for the Democratic nomination. 
So what they did was completely randomize and, you know, this is like one step in that direction of, you know, being as impartial as possible was that they didn't pick favorites. They didn't like put people up against each other or anything like that in the first debate. They wound up randomizing it and the first 10 that were picked were on the first debate. The second 10 that were picked were on the second debate. And I saw the first debate completely. And the Blasio was on there, which is uh, my mayor here in New York. Cory Booker was on it, which is, by, by the way, dating um, Rosario Dawson. How dope is that? Good for you, Cory. Definitely punching Buffy weight class there. Um, Pocahontas is in it. What's her name? Uh, Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts. Damn, Trump has some pretty good fucking branding, huh? <laughs> he named her Pocahontas, and that shit has stuck. Which I liked, by the way. I really liked her, Elizabeth Warren. The last go-around. I thought that she should have ran instead of Hillary. I think she stepped aside for Hillary. Um, and now, like, after the whole... Her lying about... Or at least taking advantage of the whole... Uh, saying that she was a Native American to get into school... Or to get, like, a scholarship for school or something like that. Just, like, makes me look at her completely differently now. Even though I like some of her policies. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, Tulsi Gabbard was on, which I wanted to see in that first uh, first round. I like it. Like, you guys know I'm into politics. is one of the things that I'm into. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the debates. You know, it's a it's a, such a huge stage. Everybody doesn't get to answer every question. And you don't get you know, from, from snippets of, of hearing people speak and answering, answering questions, you don't get like much substance, but you kind of get a a feel of, you know, how they are on the debate stage, which I think is a valid, not valid, is a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's an important skill to have for that position of president, you know, whether it be debating policies within your circle or your cabinet or convincing folks in Congress and the Senate and foreign policy, obviously. I think it's a good telling sign to see how people are on their feet and how sharp they are, how witty they are, how fast they are, and if they truly have something to say or not, if they buckle under the scrutiny, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And someone who impressed me and then when I saw the speaking time afterwards of everyone, it impressed me even more that I was really surprised about was my mayor here in New York, Bill de Blasio, which I'm not biased because I'm not like, a, you know, it's not like a New York. Yeah, I want the guy from New York to win type of thing. Because honestly, when he announced that he was running, I was like, what? Like, you're known in New York, obviously, and people in New York don't even like ride for for de blasio like that even though i don't know why because he has done good things in my opinion like crime generally being down and universal pre-k but yeah when he announced that he was running i was like what like don't do that but like on the stage he was like very noticeable like very imposing is not the right word because that has like a negative connotation um he was aggressive, maybe a touch too aggressive, but he definitely had something to say. He stood out from the bunch. 
Um, I think all the pundits afterwards were saying that he was definitely like one of the winners, quote unquote, of the debate. And what impressed me most is that he was considered like the second to third winner, quote unquote, of the debate. But he had the second least amount of speaking time from all 10 candidates. I think he only got a total of like five minutes and change, five minutes and 50 seconds or 30 seconds or something that have actual speaking time. And that to me just shows that there was like that much substance and connection between him and and the crowd to in the crowd, you know, in that I'm including myself to come away from the debate as one of the winners. Yeah, you spoke second to last, the least. So that was uh, fairly surprising. Tulsi Gabbard, I like her. And I've liked her from the first time I heard her on Rogan's podcast. She's been on it a couple times. And I thought she did well. Didn't stand out as much as I would have liked her to, but definitely wasn't one of the the least known uh, folks on there. And while I was, I was watching the, the debates, I started writing a document, which I'm going to share with you guys sometime in the future, you know, as the, the election goes on and stuff like that. And I, I, I was starting to think like I, I was hearing different things from different candidates, some things that I liked, some things that I didn't like, some things that were like red flags, some things that I thought, were important to to be said just because they eventually become part of the democratic platform. So some something just to explain that point because I think it's 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 important. Something that Bernie did with running against Hillary and in the last uh, the election is that he made a lot of the ideas that are being spoken about now popular and palatable. And he started pushing the ideas of like universal health care, which was being spoken about before, obviously, but he pushed the line that much further. Free college for all is another thing. I think that's a like an underlying purpose of these debates is that you get different ideas out there, different perspectives, different approaches to the same ideas. We get to cherry pick, I guess, as a... Speaking like um, from the perspective of the actual democratic platform, gets to like cherry pick these best ideas, and the public is like a litmus litmus test for those ideas and the ones that are popular and seem to garner more interest and aka votes for the politicians that are running wind up being the ideas that stick and become part of the platform, and hopefully. Once they our elected officials do get elected, they don't forget where they came from type of thing and try to like push and implement set ideas. That obviously isn't always the case, hence the whole stigma of politicians being full of shit. But maybe you might get like one or two of those things on the, you know, platform wish list or whatever. And obviously you can't make everybody happy. So what I started doing was writing a document called My Perfect President just with uh, bullet points and ideas that different candidates mentioned that resonated with me. And eventually it's going to form the platform of, quote, my perfect president, which obviously won't be just one person because these are different ideas that are coming from different different people that are running, right? They don't all have the same exact ideas 
or approaches to ideas. But I thought it would be like an interesting exercise in just figuring out what it is that I want. What is it what it is that I like? Where do I fall on different topics like immigration and gun reform, etc. And I started the document, but I haven't seen the second debate because I actually um the next day after the first one which I really wanted to see because Andrew Yang is on there and and I like him and Tulsi Gabbard and uh, uh, Biden was on that one. I haven't seen, I haven't like rewatched it, but I had a uh, prior engagement with my, with my job, my regular nine to five has this like summer party once a year. And I missed it last year. And it's like in a dope uh, like rooftop on, in Tribeca and didn't want to miss it this year, so I didn't. But I wound up missing the debate, the second debate. And I want to rewatch it and add to my perfect president document. And uh, eventually, as the election moves forward and I gather more information, I am going to share it with you fine folks. But yeah, check them out. Let me know what you guys think. Who are your candidates? candidate or candidates of choice hit me up on twitter at spun today or wherever else you guys know the drill right check out my website spuntoday.com check out the episode notes of this episode for a bunch of ways you can help support the podcast listen to some tunes and then hear me tell you about a bunch of ways you can help support the podcast and yeah that's it that's all i got folks episode 130 of the spun today podcast in the books my name is Tony Ortiz. Thank you very much for listening. I'm out. Let the bow break, let it come down, crash. Let the sun fade out to a dark sky. I can't say I'd even notice it was absent. Cause I could live by the light in your eyes. to receive a short email from me once a week you know that feeling you have on a monday at work when you have absolutely nothing to look forward to except for lunch have no fear the midday monday boost letter is here in this short weekly newsletter you will receive five things one is a photograph of the week from a photographer a podcast of the week i listen to tons of podcasts dozens and dozens of podcasts hundreds of episodes and I cherry pick the best ones and I share them with you here. You'll also receive a video of the week, which could be anything from a rap battle to a TED talk. You receive a quote of the week, something to let marinate in your mind and a word of the week so that you and I can both step up our vocab. So if any of that sounds of interest to you, check it out. Check out the subscribe page at spuntrade.com forward slash subscribe. 
drop in your email address and you'll receive the very next one. For any writers or creatives out there, I have a questionnaire. It's a five question questionnaire that anyone is free to fill out. It's located at spuntray.com forward slash questionnaire. And what it is, is five open-ended questions related to your craft. It's things like what inspires you to write or create whenever you don't feel the inspiration to do so. What are your favorite apps or tools or tricks to trick yourself into getting into the mind state of actually creating? What inspires you, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. And what I do with your responses is share them on a future episode of the podcast. Now you can choose to remain anonymous if you choose to. You have that option right there when you fill out the questionnaire. And if you do not choose to remain anonymous, I give you a shout out on the podcast and promote for free whatever it is that you have going on. So I appreciate you in advance for sharing that with me, as well as the rest of the listeners of the Sponsor Today podcast, which would stand to gain from you filling out the questionnaire. Now, you can help support the podcast in a myriad of ways. One way which does not cost you anything and is most popular within the podcasting community is by shopping on Amazon using my affiliate links banner. So the way that works is you go to sponsor.com forward slash affiliate links or just click on the affiliate links tab at the top center of the page. And there you will see a banner for Amazon. You literally just click on that and it takes you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It does not cost you anything extra, but Amazon will give me a kickback just for driving traffic to their website. So that would be a big help. It literally costs you nothing extra financially, just costs you a couple of extra clicks of your mouse before you do your Amazon shopping. The iTunes banner that's on that same page works the same way. So if you're purchasing music or movies or whatever it is on iTunes, feel free to go through my affiliate link portal there as well. If you want to make a one-time PayPal donation, feel free to do so. There's a PayPal donation button on there as well. Within that same tab, you'll also find a link to the Spun Today Viral Style store. Now, the Viral Style store is a store where you can get Spun Today merch, whether it's a coffee mug or a t-shirt that I personally designed. And spoiler alert, I'm no... I'm no Ralph Lauren or, you know, whoever designs Gucci stuff, (laughs) but I did create the design of those shirts myself. I have a couple t-shirts on there. One that says, for example, right need every day, which is a playoff of Snoop, Dre and Nate Dogg's smoke weed every day. So it's right need every day with like a puff cloud of smoke behind it. I have a podcast versus everybody t-shirt and uh, just stuff like that. So check it out. The link to the viral style store is also there. You can also help support the podcast on a reoccurring basis. If you become a Patreon supporter. Now, Patreon is pretty cool and it there's a little um, video explanation of what it is and how it works, but I'll try to do my best to summarize it here. Basically, you sign on to Patreon, which is a free service for your account, and you can support not just myself, but any other uh, podcasters or creatives that also have Patreon pages. And you can choose to, for example, donate a dollar to them on a per episode basis. So the Spun Today podcast has two uh, episodes a month. 
so if you donate a dollar to it it'll be two dollars a month basically and you set it up and it just happens automatically on a reoccurring basis there are zero fees you can cancel at any time no hassle no bullshit and it's uh it's a cool way to help support and is much appreciated and also it's not just like a for example uh a paypal donation which is just that but through patreon it allows the creator in this case being myself to set up a reward system if you will so if you donate a dollar per episode you are considered a tier one supporter if you donate three dollars per episode you are a second tier supporter etc etc and it goes up to four tiers and each tier gets different things like uh, tier one gets a free spun today bookmark and a shout out on the podcast tier three gets uh gets those two things from tier one as well as a free writing piece that's not posted on on my website or available to anyone else etc etc so check that out if you will and uh, visit my patreon page at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash spun today another great amazing way to help support the podcast is to rate and review it this costs you absolutely nothing whether you listen on itunes on stitcher on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, on Pocket Casts, on Overcast, on Player FM, on Google Play, on YouTube, on Tumblr, or if you listen on Podbay or any other of your favorite podcast apps, please rate and review the episode. It really is the number one way to help the show gain traction, gain exposure. You know, you could also share it with friends and family and tell them, you know, check out what this idiot is saying. Some of it is actually pretty good. Or it all fucking sucks and you should listen and laugh. But as long as you're listening, (laughs) it would be much appreciated. So rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you listen. Follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Spun Today. Like the Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Spun Today. Subscribe to my YouTube page as well. All podcast episodes are available on YouTube as well as clipped versions for example with the random rant episodes you know i speak about a bunch of different topics instead of having the full episode alone which is also available on youtube but you also have snippets of the different topics broken up into more digestible chunks so check that out you can also support by checking out my book make way for you tips for getting out of your own way it's a quick short read if you're looking for some inspiration and motivation And you can find out more about it at spuntray.com forward slash books. There you'll find a video of me telling you all how the book came to fruition, as well as a couple of audio excerpts. If you're interested, you can purchase it wherever books are sold. Kindle, iBooks, Kobo, an ebook or paperback format, which you can find on Amazon. Also, for being a Spun Today listener, I can also send you a free copy right there on that same landing page at sponsor.com forward slash books drop in your email address at the bottom of the page and i'll shoot you over a copy in the format of your choice and that's all i got folks thanks again for checking out this episode and as always substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams thanks for listening <laughs>